0: Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We've got our usual panel today of Adam and Rhiannon. How's it going, guys?
1: Going good. Good. Adam, are you alive? Am I
0: alive? Yeah. uh, Sorry, I totally
2: forgot I was still mad at Caleb for his uh, comments yesterday, (laughs) so I figured... Oh, for my football no, comments. No, not your football. I don't care about football. You know, Saints, Patriots. Wait, he you yeah, clickbait. the clickbait comments. So now I'm just going to be fake, you know, we need a fake online beef. I've never had a beef with someone on Twitter, and that's kind of what I'm striving for. I was hoping it would be
1: I just think we should start calling you clickbait. I just thought that was a funny nickname. Go ahead.
2: I don't care. It's all right. Do it. That's cool.
0: The funny thing is, it was not directed at you at all, and then you took ownership of it, and then I'm the jerk. I've just kind of no, figure no, out how no, that so works.
2: Here's the thing I, I think that's the, uh, I don't know, is that the right thing to do? I just, I mean, cause I know what industry I'm in. I mean, I, I'm i pretty right, right. self aware <laughs> of it. Um, you might as well own it. I mean, don't hate the player, hate the game. So, if know? we have any
1: new listeners, Adam works for comicbook.com. Oh, wait, can we say that? Mm-hmm. So he is a...
2: And I absolutely love it,
1: but I he's saw... He's a bona fide clickbait uh, creator.
2: So that's it. We need to talk about clickbait again. Because <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's already evolved. And some... There was, there's a really nice piece out there. I don't know who did it. Like a Forbes guy or someone else. It's Clickbait's not clickbaiting. Clickbait is what people call articles they don't want to click on anymore like what's the purpose of running a news website if you're not trying to get people to read your stuff
1: i mean we, we've i mean yeah we've dealt with that a whole lot in the past especially when we were all at a small website trying to make it something bigger where if you put too much in the headline nobody's going to click on the article if you put a headline that makes people click on the article to find out what it is then they're going to call it clickbait so you're
0: and I did a whole piece at MCU Exchange, I don't know if you guys remember, like our definitions right. of clickbait yeah. while we were there, because the the one that always bugged me was the spoiler clickbait relationship. Like I always remember, we saw we found out that Robbie Reyes was coming back to uh, Agents of Shield, and we debated internally: Do we put spoiler coming back to Agents of Shield, or do we put Ghost Rider to return to Agents of Shield? And we were we were killed either way. Because if we said spoiler comes back, people like, oh, you're just clickbaiting it. Why don't you just put it in the title? And then you put it in the title and someone's like, oh, you spoiled the show. I didn't want to know that he was coming. And so, like, we were totally, like, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, nobody was happy with us on that. So
2: Right. If you want to see the worst of the internet, write a, a bit or two about Black Panther getting an Oscar nomination. Oh, really? And then read the comments. Oh. Miserable. Adam, people. you should
0: start a beef with uh, who's the uh, what's the website or the Twitter account that's like save people a click or oh
2: no, film clickbait. No, I can't start a beef with them. They keep retweeting <laughs> my do. stuff. They do. They They're giving <laughs> me. They're giving me job security. I don't want to be I remember them. they did
0: one where you had an article that was like the three posters for Avengers all together. Like you put the name. Yeah. You the said name that. was in yeah. the title. It wasn't clickbait at all. It's like, hey, I put the three of them together if you want to look at it. And if people wanted to, they could click on it. And they were like, it's just a picture of the three posters. That's what he said it was. That's what it is. Uh, exactly. And that's, that's the thing. I mean, like, it
2: is exactly... What I said and there's some stuff that's not, you know, there there's some phrasing and stuff. But I, I most of the time, I mean, if someone puts like here's what Charlie Cox said about Daredevil season three, people will call that clickbait, but I mean like Charlie Cox did say something
0: about Daredevil season three, you know, I know i don't know we've done a lot of things continue to do a lot of things for free because we like to make it and we like to provide content for the fans and i don't i'm not grumpy about that but like you know people like write this stuff and do this stuff and they spend their time on it and the only other answer to me is put everything behind a paywall you know like make every website where you have to subscribe to it and that would suck so, like, putting up with a little bit of clickbait, if it's the economic engine that allows sites to exist, is kind of okay with me.
1: I mean, the classic clickbait was, you'll never believe what Charlie Cox said at Ace Comic Con. You know, like, right. that that was, like, the original clickbait. Like, you'll never believe, you know, he stepped on stage and you won't believe what happened next. Like, so, you know, you're not at that level. Not yet. But, I can you know, be. take that inspiration. Especially with the Daredevil fans. Take that inspiration. Heck Yeah.
0: So, Adam, um, I guess while we're talking about your job and the things you do, let's get into a news story. We're going to do a lot of Punisher stuff tonight. You got to talk with uh, Steve Lightfoot. Is that his name from Punisher?
2: I did. It is So Steve you got Lightfoot. to do that
0: interview with Comic Book, and I know you've posted all this stuff. Do you want to give us a summary in the news of the things you learned from him talking to him about Punisher?
2: Yeah, super, super chill dude. Um, he, he, talking with him, you know, he's like the ideal writer to have on a really dark show he said some uh especially with the uh, i asked him a question about micro and he said something along the lines of um obviously he could go read it but i'm going to paraphrase he, he said like he hopes that him and his wife didn't work out because he feels micro's best at hacking and stuff um so he's i mean he's on the the darker edge of things um Obviously, at least he couldn't say or he won't say, you know, uh, whether it's going to be renewed or not. Um, Because quite frankly, I'm not sure he knows. And I'm sure he'll probably find out literally minutes before we do via Deadline or Entertainment Weekly. Um, But he didn't say. He went to the length of actually, you know, assembling the writers' room, um, of course, and plotting out uh, the season. Uh, He did confirm with me that... He, he won't have Frank kind of do the the Michigan bit again. It's going to be strictly in New York City. Um, how he takes that, you know, he didn't really say. Um, that's about it for Season 3. You know, he says he has an idea. Obviously, I'm not going to say that because we'll get that into our spoiler review. Obviously, it's not going to include a certain someone. Um, but outside of that, yeah, there there was no... Details on that front, he did provide some good stuff as to uh, uh, Jigsaw, why, you know, they made his injuries more mental than, like, a physical disfigurement. Um, and, you know, it is a bummer not to see uh, Jigsaw's face look like a pepperoni pizza or whatever, you know, just a tenderloin. Uh, but, I mean, Lightfoot said at best, you know, if, if they were to make his injuries just physical you know that's almost one-dimensional of sorts you know it's one thing and it's done you're like ah, oh, this guy's just pissed off because his face isn't pretty anymore um so you kind of discussed about the you know the whole traumatic brain injury and stuff i'm not sure if that's spoiler by the way i don't think it is because that was in the trailer and stuff at
0: least jigsaw's mental health battle <laughs> that's another such. conversation we can have um, is what is it is not a spoiler. Because we had several people on our YouTube review, right. and it's like, "Oh, you're spoiling the show!" And I'm like, "In a in a review, you talk about the premise of a show, yeah. like, like we were like, right? Jigsaw is coming back from some mental issues from his attack by by the Punisher. And they're like, "Oh, you're ruining season two. You're telling us what's happening. No, that's what we know from the first ten seconds of like Russo in this show." So, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, how
0: do you do a review without? I mean. What's a review
2: supposed to say? Oh, it is good. Well,
1: right. <laughs> you know, like and, like what? We had conversations about what, you know, like, is it a spoiler to say that Brett Mahoney's in it? Because in our review, I wanted to talk about how good Brett Mahoney is in the show. And, you know, there's no formal announcement that he would be in the show. He's not in the trailers, I don't think. He's
2: he's in the trailer a little bit. And that's the type of thing I so... saw... It's it's impossible, please everyone, because then you even have the people that don't bother watching the trailers. So that's, I mean, that's the gist of what Lightfoot said, guys. Um, you know, he he has a plan for season three. Um, he's ready to go if um, if they pull the trigger. He, he did talk some jigsaw stuff. He did talk. Um, he did he did a really good breakdown of that uh, John Pilgrim. Obviously, I I'm not sure. This is groundbreaking stuff, but while he isn't the Mennonite, he was largely based on the Mennonite from Jason Aaron's Max run, um, which is a very, very dark, gruesome set of comics. Um, And then he broke down one amazing fight scene in particular towards the end that I really, really enjoyed because it was super unique and original, Um, but that would also be a spoiler. So, yeah. Yeah. Good dude. I mean, I, I obviously we've said this before. If one of the shows were to get renewed, it would be Punisher. I mean, they're they're doing something there. Obviously, Punisher two. I didn't think was as good as Punisher three, but we all know Netflix isn't canceling shows based on quality. And
0: we're Punisher. gonna get into more Punisher here in a little bit.
1: Did you did you talk to him about like you know if they do move on if if we can be consultants with them? You know, like, the No Michigan thing. We kind of liked the Michigan thing. Could, yeah, like,
0: and then he said consider? that in season three they wouldn't want to go back to that. That was the best part of the show. I know, and that's... that's.
1: Do you still have his number? kind of
2: hinted at that. No, I don't. Uh, I could probably get it. But, uh, you know, I, that's the thing. I, I was kind of turned off by, by some things. He did say I was going to... Test the water. Well, I tested the waters on, on a question about, um, you know, obviously the release of season one in Las Vegas. And he pretty much flat out said that uh, he doesn't take any of that into account, um, you know, when writing the show. Or at least when writing season two, he didn't bother thinking, you know, the effect it could have on stuff. For better or for worse, I'm not even sure. Um, you know, obviously I didn't want to get too political with that stuff um and there's a questionable obviously i would guess we'd bring up the other thing we've talked about before in our spoiler section about the the indish bit. um but yeah like i said he he's he, from what he you know the, his knowledge is talking to him you know he, he's a good dude for the role he, he seems pretty well versed oh i forgot the biggest thing he wants to do a blade tv show there you go. I that, you know. There you go. Look at that. He wants to do Blade. Hopefully, better than the one that was on the WB.
0: There was a Blade show on the WB.
1: That was Vampire Diaries. Yep. Come
2: on. Nope, it was Blade. Cause uh, let the comments let me know I was wrong. Hold on one second. Cause I said he'd only appeared in uh, three live action movies, and the comments were like, "Nah, man, he was also in a TV show."
1: And you should reply back, no, guys, that was Vampire Diaries.
2: <laughs> no. And then CW just tweeted tonight meet Marvel's resident vampire hunter. Blade the series is free on CW Seed. So if you want to watch Blade the series, go ahead and download it on the free CW app, which was apparently, th- I don't know. Oh, it was on Spike. 13 episodes in 2006. I don't remember that at all. That's weird.
1: That sounds like this... No, it wasn't. That wasn't the year of the writer's strike.
2: Oh, it's even in the same continuity as the uh, as the film
0: series. But obviously, Wesley Snipes isn't Blade. All right. Uh, let's talk about Black Panther and all of those Oscar nominations. We have talked about this literally since the first podcast we ever did. About, you know, if a Marvel movie would ever win an Oscar, uh, it was a good day, I guess, for those nominations. Uh, I guess the question I'm interested in, we see seven nominations. Uh, What do you think most realistically Black Panther could win out of those nominations that they've gotten?
1: Costumes.
0: Yeah, that's the the one for me. The
2: biggest one would be the... ah. I still think I I think it does have a fighting chance at best. Really, picture. I really do. I think it does. I mean, I probably should watch the all the other ones. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of Vice. Um, but I think it's uh, I think it has a fighting. Sh- it's go- It's gonna win something. I it's gonna it's it's gonna win something, and, you know, it it won't surprise me if it won the majority of the nominations they got it's just so bizarre Caleb you've said this before no individual is getting recognized at all not a single actor actress not a cast member I mean Ryan Kugler didn't get nominated um but the whole it, it just seems bizarre you know not one single person standing out but just the whole movie as itself. Did
1: it get adapted no, screenplay? No, it did it not. It didn't, did it? Which is shocking. I mean, so- that was...
0: Yeah, I mean, the biggest problem they have... I forget, I saw this the other day. I don't think anything has ever won Best Picture with zero, uh, whatever they call it, above-the-line nominations or whatever. Like, if you do not have a nomination for acting, directing, or screenplay... You can't, you'd never win Best Picture. I mean, it's just never happened. Now, it, that doesn't mean it can't. It would just be, I think, the first time in history that that would have happened. So, Well, it's also the first
2: time in history a superhero film has
0: So, yeah, I mean, I think costume design is very well earned. When you look at all the ways they created the tribes and the different looks and the way that they brought in all these different traditions from all over Africa... I watched like a vanity fair video or something with a costume designer where she just talked about like all the research and like every single piece on every single person she could name like the African tradition that it comes from and why it was significant. Like that was so thorough going in their work that I really think they deserve it. I also could see the Academy getting excited about handing Kendrick Lamar a, uh, an Oscar as well. I mean, he's had such a big year and, um, uh, won the uh, oh, what was the the music award that he won that has never been won by a pop artist person forever? I don't recall. Oh geez, I'll have to look this up. But yeah, um, it's got a chance of winning best album at Grammys, but we'll see.
2: Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, it's 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 probably going to clean house at the Grammys. It's probably going to do very well at the Grammys. Um, I mean, look at there's a very real possibility that marvel as a whole is going to walk away with three oscars this year possible yeah
1: because do you think infinity war gets it
0: i don't know it'll be interesting to see if they do i think the thing that's hard with marvel is their vfx work always builds on itself from like previous movies and so like yes thanos is amazing but it's amazing in part because Hulk was amazing, but Hulk was built on earlier versions of you know what I'm saying. Like they always like increase themselves incrementally, and it's not it's not like something brand new that we see often in the Marvel movies. So
2: I mean, what the only real competition it has is probably Ready Player One, right? I mean, surely so. I mean, Solo. What stood out in Solo? I don't know it's how it was nominated.
0: Out. It was ugly. That whole movie, you can't see anything. <laughs> it's like they shot <laughs> it in a cave. I don't understand. Right. Uh, so the, the word I was thinking about, um, Kendrick Lamar won the Pulitzer Prize last year, and he's the first. Um, what? Yeah, did you miss this? Uh, it was the I totally first pop that. musician to win the Pulitzer Prize in like 85 years or something like that. So he usually goes to like a jazz artist or something like that. And as you, I think we're alluding to, Into the Spider Verse is nominated for animated picture, and I think Sony's going to get itself an Oscar for that. As someone who's watched all those movies and loves Incredibles 2, I still think Spider-Verse is a, is a better movie and it's it's got all the momentum. So,
1: Yeah, it's, moment- it's unstoppable right now.
2: If Spider-Verse wins, we have, I mean, we don't even have to play six degrees of Kevin Bacon. We could play one degree of Marvel News Desk to an Oscar. That's role. right. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of.
1: Do you think do you think that the success of Spider-Verse might keep voters from voting for Black Panther? I mean, do you think they because they talk about like the voters like are they going to go from zero to full comic book voting in one season?
0: Here's my suspicion, and this is going to sound kind of ugly. It's not because of what I believe, but the way I think academy voters are. Uh, I think Spike Lee has been chronically and tragically underrecognized all these years and so if the voters are in the mood of like oh we need to be better about recognizing black cinema what they'll do is they'll vote for Black Klansman and Spike Lee because it feels like a more prestigious African American picture to vote for now I would hope that's not how it works I hope they're really just looking at you know that what they think is the best movie and they vote for what they think is is good I just I'm suspicious that any of the goodwill I don't know about the comic book piece I'm just more worried about the the people that feel the impetus that we really need to better recognize minority directors and minority creators I'm just worried that a lot of that vote will go to Black Klansmen, or at least it'll split and that's not good but I don't know I, th- I think there's chances I think some of these like The Favorite and Roma both seem like you know smaller pictures that are made by non-American directors. I wonder if that can kind of split a certain sensibility. It really is wide open. I just I don't know. I don't have a lot of hope that Black Panther will be able to take advantage of that.
2: Did I read somewhere this is Spike Lee's first ever best director yeah, now?
0: First ever. That's crazy.
1: And we know they do that thing where they make up for past years. Yes. And stuff. Absolutely.
0: Right. Well, it's kind of like uh, oh um Well, Gangs of New York and um, um, Scorsese, right? Like very few people think that's Scorsese's best movie, but it's the one he finally got the Oscar for because they were like, well, he's up and uh, nobody else was really great this year. So we've got to give it to him to make up for that time. We screwed him over on Goodfellas or whatever. So other news stuff, Uh, there's been all kinds of endgame like leaks and toys, and I really hate to get into it. I haven't even read most of it myself. Because I don't want things to be ruined, uh, Adam. I'm guessing you're keeping up on a lot of these leaks. Yeah, man. I even paid a. I even paid to view them. <laughs> there's a hell yeah. I keep up. There's with like them. a. There's a lot of like. This is really weird. There's like action figure leaks without heads, so you're trying to guess from like the mold and the paint job. So, so they're not in game leaks. They're not all entirely in game leaks because
2: one is clearly Spider Gwen. Um... So, if Spider-Gwen is in Endgame, I I don't know what to do with myself. I don't think that's going to happen. That would
1: be amazing.
2: (laughs) I mean, there's there's Spider-Gwen, and there's one that kind of sort of looks like uh, Prowler from Spider-Verse. So, I mean, there's leaks. Obviously, the biggest one was Rescue, but... We've heard that a
0: million times already, yeah.
2: Yeah, we've heard Rescue a million times, and other ones halt. But, I mean, we've seen that... The consumer products division, maybe not consumer products itself, but Marvel Studios has uh, misdirected us before, right. intentionally led us on in a different direction with their consumer products. I'm not blaming consumer products, because consumer products were probably shown or pulled one thing, so they ran with that, and then they cut the movie a different way. Um, obviously, the biggest thing, I mean, Lego set after Lego set, or... Uh, the Funko Hulk busting out of the Hulkbuster thing last year. It's, it's a good
0: strategy. Toy leaks are toy It's leaks. a strategy to me, though, that makes sense, because you're basically, most of these toys are for kids. I mean, you have a lot on your yeah. shelf, but, I mean, obviously... Yeah. yeah, thanks, Caleb. You know, all those toy leaks <laughs> but, eventually... No, I mean, I, and there. I collect stuff, too. So. I mean, I'm not trying to mock anyone. I'm just saying they're really, ultimately, to sell toys to kids, particularly those Titan Series crappy right. ones. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the kids are going to buy, like they should sell Spider-Man helicopters, even if we're not going to get the spider copter in a movie because kids will buy that stuff, you know? And so, Oh, give us the Thanos copter, man. Why the Spidey copter? Give us that Thanos copter. I mean, I've gotten to the point now. I don't get too worried. Like when I see leaks, so many of these leaks are fake leaks or they're like half the story or it's another figure that's in a line. That's actually not in the movie. I just don't get too worked. I mean, at this point, I'm not too worried about all that kind of stuff, so I don't know. I, I've not kept up with it very much. Earlier, I said Scorsese for Gangs of New York, but it was The Departed. Gangs of New York was the other one.
2: Oh, that was a hell of a movie. You didn't like The Departed. I don't think
0: anybody thinks it's Scorsese's best movie. Oh well, it's good though. Yeah, but anyways. I mean, it's worth it's worthy
2: of the award.
0: I'll, I mean, it'd be like this: if Spike Lee wins Director of the Year, I don't begrudge it. I'm sure that he it's 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 a worthy award. But nobody is going to look at his film history and be like, oh, his best movie was Black Klansman, you know, like. Right. Okay, fair so. enough. So anyways, the only other bit of news, uh, I hate to say I called it, but I got pretty close. It looks like New Mutants is again being reshot or never got reshot. And the latest rumor is that they're just going to scrap it and put it on Hulu and be done with it. Now, I said it would go on Disney streaming, so I was slightly off of the service, but Hulu is about to become Disney streaming. I mean, this is just a total hot mess. At this point, uh, would you be... I assume we'd be happy to be able to just stream this on Hulu and not have to go to the theater to see it? Yeah, I already pay for Hulu.
1: Yeah.
2: I've, it's just, it's bizarre. Why are they... I, it's crazy. Why Why do we get so much stuff on this then... I mean, is Boone leaking stuff himself? To try to gain leverage over the studio, or something or I, it's bizarre, man. I have no desire to see it. It's crazy to think we've gotten
0: a trail. Well, what we got a trailer over a year ago, right? Oh, for New Mutants. Uh, crazy, yeah. No, the trailer came. I remember. I was. Um. I remember because I was at a wedding. It was October of two thousand seventeen.
2: Also, oh, well over a year ago. Wow. And. <laughs> That's so crazy. They gave us a trailer, and none of that stuff's probably even in the movie. It's just bizarre. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, earlier this week, a uh, friend of the show, Cooper Hood, had like posted something about how he was excited for Dark Phoenix, but like is feeling a little different about it now. And he- here's the thing: if you or no about New Mutants, if you believed in either of those movies, either New Mutants or. Dark Phoenix if you thought oh no they might do it well and or like you are an X-Men Homer or whatever they have killed all of the momentum these could have like even if you watch the trailer and said oh that trailer wasn't bad when you release a trailer and then the next day you go man we're delaying it six months or you do like an entertainment weekly cover which you know that Dark Phoenix EW cover was forever ago. You put all that out, you start the hype train, and then you go, oh, sorry, just a second. Just put it on pause. Uh, We're going to pick back up in three or four months. Uh, Never mind. Like, clearly the studio hates it. Nobody starts that stuff and then goes, oh, no, we're not interested anymore. And so all of these delays, I mean, you you shoot yourself in the foot. Nobody's going to get hyped about this if the studio clearly is scrambling to fix it. It's just all really weird.
2: Why? Why? Why can't they make amazing movies with some of the best Marvel intellectual property available? Like if we go back to 2008 before the MCU started, there there's probably what a dozen X-Men that were more widely recognizable than Iron Man, Captain America and Thor. Why it just it speaks volumes to what Feige can do tapping into source material and building something. It's just crazy. They have Wolverine and Cyclops and Professor X, for God's sake. I mean, come on.
0: But we're seeing it DC too. I mean, I know some people don't agree. I thought Aquaman was a lot better than Batman vs. Superman, so it's amazing. It's amazing what you can do if you've you know, like you have to commit to that movie you know, instead of Committing to the album. But
2: Warner Brothers is going up across time, whereas Fox is going down across time. I mean, I'm not even an X Men fan, and I knew what they did to Apocalypse was very wrong. I mean, they're so bad at writing X Men, I'm starting to like Cyclops.
0: Like, like I mean, what the hell? All right, Uh, let's go ahead. We're going to do a little spoiler talk on um, Punisher because our only reviews that we have done have been the non-spoiler kind. At least what we thought was non-spoiler. I think that we had a YouTube viewer or two that didn't like us. Um, But yeah, we want to talk a little bit about Punisher now that we can dig into the details. If you have not finished the show, go ahead and um, move past it. Um, And yeah, we'll put it in the timestamps.
1: Well, there's a few spoilers in what we have after this,
0: too. Oh, that's true. Yes. Uh, After this is our interview with Royce Johnson. And so uh, Royce was awesome. He's also known as Brett Mahoney. The interview was great. We're going to put that after this, but there'll be a little spoiler talk in that as well. So. All right. uh, Now that you guys can talk about anything, Rhiannon, I'll let you start. Is there anything that you uh, want to get off your chest and share now that you can talk spoilerifically?
1: I I mean, and you verified this because you've, you've finished the series the most recently, but the Pilgrim plot and the Jigsaw plot never, ever intersected.
0: They're not even tangential. Like, I really thought the the way they cut the trailer and made it look like in the last episode they might like meet or something. No.
2: Yeah. They made it look like Russo hired Pilgrim. They specifically edited it for it to look like that.
1: Yeah, like the two had no purpose. The pilgrim plot I watched the whole season. I have no idea what his motive was. I why was he wanting to kill those girls? I, I I don't know. I don't care. And I don't know because I don't care. I'm sure they explained it in some way, but I don't care.
0: I found the pilgrim plot a little more interesting.
1: So on a religious on a religious side, like, I mean, how do you feel about that being it also just kind of feels icky to me that there's this trend, and I'm not even, like, very religious, but it feels icky to me that there's this trend of vilifying Christian extremists at the moment. And it felt, I don't know, like, yes, they were bad, it was awful, but it just the whole Pilgrim prop, bleh. It just made me feel blah.
0: My general take is um, I'm okay with plots where bad, like where religious people are bad people because there are religious people who are bad people and religious fundamentalism and extremism is not good for people like religious people who are not extremists. We don't benefit from extremists, so I don't mind that being an element. I kind of liked what they did with Pilgrim because it's something that I've honestly, I was going to say earlier, this is going to sound bad, but I've kind of seen it, not to the extent of this, but where somebody lives like a really horrible life and then they have a religious conversion experience and they change who they are. But then the people who kind of convert them take advantage of their extreme feelings of kind of guilt and... Like, it's just a it's a hard thing. I mean, particularly like him, he's apparently like a neo-Nazi, right, that has given up those ways. He has all these feelings of real, like, no matter what, if you're changing your life and trying to become a more better, like a family man and a moral person after living that way, you're going to have extreme issues of guilt and shame over who you were. And the idea that a religious leader would take advantage of those feelings to um, manipulate somebody. Like, that's a real thing that really happens. What I liked is particularly when the girl said, your faith doesn't make you do this. They're manipulating you to do this. And Pilgrim's like, yeah, that's what's going on. Like, that was... That all felt very real to me. Also, his backclaps, where he, like, kind of lost it and got drunk and high and used prostitutes and stuff like that. Like... That's the thing that really happens with people that have certain patterns of life and then try to get out of them. So I don't know. All of it felt, I mean, it's all hyper, hyper, but it felt realistic to me that that's a religious journey a lot of people go on. Ultimately, the religion I saw being picked on was people who use religion as a way to control their, to keep power and control over people. And that's something I'm really fine critiquing because I critique it too. So.
1: That's that's valuable insight. Positives, happy things. Um, Brett
0: Mahoney. It's not just because we have him on the show; <laughs> he really was so freaking good.
1: Yes, Brett Mahoney, like, is just tired of all of it, and it really feels like he's finally decided how to live in this world at this point. Karen Page. How did you guys, I mean, when I saw her walk into that hotel room or uh, hospital room, knowing that that's like the last that we'll ever see the reference of Nelson and Murdoch, the last that we'll ever see Karen Page as Karen Page, I, my heart hurt a little.
0: Yeah, it just kind of bummed me out because I was happy with the scene with the napkin being the last of yeah. it. So it was almost, it was just like a coda I almost didn't need, you know? Caleb, there were also about a quarter of a million
2: others that were very happy with the napkin scene.
1: <laughs> I don't know. There's about a quarter of a million that have like signed a petition saying they're not okay with an ending with the napkin scene.
2: What was the deal with that morgue guy? Have we we've seen him before, right? He was in another. Was he in Daredevil or Jessica Jones or something?
1: The who?
0: The guy in the morgue that wanted her
1: the shoes. Morgue's, uh, oh I, yeah i don't feel like i know him so
0: i think you're confusing adam there's another more guy who trish always gives reservations to restaurants
1: oh that's right
0: but i don't think it's the same one that's not the maybe same it guy? is i don't think it is maybe it is yeah i don't know i'm like wow good lord i love i love though how they built it up to something grosser like i thought she's gonna have to kiss him or gonna have to go on a date with him or something And then when it was... Oh, wow, you thought Kiss? That was a lot more PG than what I was thinking. And so when it was just shoes, it was just kind of like this relief laughter, like, oh,
1: okay. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought it was going to... I knew it was going to build... I knew it wasn't going to be something sexual because of the way just sort of they were building it up. But yeah, the shoes, that was funny.
0: Also, can we have more of the, like, evil night nurse? The guy that, like basically killed Russo by like not finishing the surgery and just taking his money. I thought that was so hilarious and awesome and kind of weird. Like it was just an odd, like extra four minutes in that episode that we didn't necessarily need, but I would have loved to see that guy stitching up, you know, like Mariah Dillard or other people throughout the time. Like if there was a a foil to Claire on the bad guy side, it would have been great. Yeah. All right. So let's, I'm going to get a little serious for a minute. This is a show where there's a lot of violence. For me, it just to a point of gratuity, but that maybe is just my preference. Does this show do a good enough job about like talking about the morals of the violence and like having a consistent ethical like compass? Or is it meant to be like a film noir that just nobody has one? I mean, I don't know. I just found myself feeling very uncomfortable with it as the show went on.
2: I thought, I mean, I thought the violence was a lot more toned down this time around. I mean, obviously, we didn't see Frank rip uh, some dude's eyeballs out with his thumbs, you know. Um, I mean, Pilgrim's leg looked like Swiss cheese, and I almost got sick. Dude, when he
0: pulled the teeth out of his Uh, skull, that was the part that bothered me. Oh yeah,
2: I'm like, whoa. (laughs) But uh, well, like I said earlier, you, you know, Lightfoot specifically said he didn't think of. I mean, at least Vegas in particular, when writing about the show. And, and, I mean, I understand kind of where he's coming from. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily black and white, I guess. Um, And
1: I found that interesting when you were talking about that he wasn't thinking about those sort of things because, to me, if anything, the show took, like... It was uncomfortably... uh, There was an uncomfortable level with the violence because they kind of kept trying so hard to humanize it and be like they tried so hard to show the moral quandary and you know having Frank go back and think about the impact of his decisions and having a young woman on there that's constantly calling out the violence to me and and, I mean like how many freaking therapists do we have on this series if I felt uncomfortable about it it was because they were definitely non-subtly in so many ways saying this should make you uncomfortable. And that's why, like, I thought it was odd that Lightfoot wasn't looking at it from that angle that he, I mean, because to me it felt very intentional, like, oh, yeah, we're showing you these violent characters, but we're going to give all of these other, we're going to throw all these women in there and we're going to have lots of discussions about how this is bad. And why this bad person is less bad than all the other bad people because his name is on the series.
0: Yeah, it just it seems almost nihilistic to me. Like, you had Madani as the one character who seemed to say, no, there's places I'm not going to go and things I'm not going to do. And then in the last episode, she chucks a woman out the window and puts bullets through, you know, Russo. And I don't blame her for the yeah. self-defense. I mean, I don't know. Out the window, it kind of gave me joy to see that woman. We'll talk about her in a minute thrown out a window but like it, it just is really weird to build this character up all season as like she's gonna be the moral compass that says no we're, frank's way is not the only way and then in the last episode i felt like ah screw it frank's way is the only way that's the only way we take care of bad people shoot him and it just seemed to like lose a lot of the tension and like what they were trying to say through a bunch of the show
2: but at the, at the same time i'm not sure i mean how else can you write frank castle I mean, even in G-rated comics, he's still carrying a gun. You know, and I mean, it's pretty clear what guns do. I thought, at least violence-wise, I thought this season was, quote-unquote, better or less violent. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely... And that's the thing, I mean, you know, they we know Frank Castle isn't, quote-unquote, a good guy. It, it's still wrong to kill people. Um, and if you're watching Punisher and have other thoughts, that's probably not good. Um, but I mean, I, I understand where the writing's, are. And from a creative point, you know, I, I I guess I'd have to agree with life to an extent, you know, at some point you can't necessarily let, you know, real life events affect creative stuff. I mean, we should still be able to separate the two, right?
0: I, I guess what I'm saying, from from even a story perspective, though, like, I want Frank to have some kind of ethic.
2: Well, he does, and that was completely on display, you know? I mean, he tried killing himself because he thought he killed innocent people. <sighs> yeah. I mean, that... Oh. Uh... I guess I think that was about as good as ways they can do it, at least in terms of the show. I mean, what other...
0: I I think we're going to talk about this. To me, the last scene was very problematic. Because, like, through through most of this season, he's killing, like, paramilitary, like, people who are out to assassinate him. He's literally killing people in defense of innocent people who are imminently in danger. Like, most of the violence in this is Frank killing someone who is about to kill someone else. And in the couple times it's not, he backs off like, um, like the Russian oligarch guy that he doesn't shoot because, you know, he's got him. He's just, it's an execution and he doesn't do it. But then, you know, when he's in the bar, when they're directly trying to kill the girl, then he'll kill somebody else. So, Like, that's sort of an ethic. And then the last scene, they're like, oh, there's these two gangs. You haven't seen them do anything wrong. You don't know what they're doing. They're all teenagers, apparently. Like, they just look like young kids that don't even know what they're up to. And it's not to excuse 22-year-olds shooting people. But, you know, I don't know. There's a difference between a 45-year-old ex-marine paramilitary assassin and a... 20 year old kid that's selling drugs and trying to make do on the streets. And Frank just shows up and is like, hi, and then blows them all away. Like it was premeditated murder in the last scene. There's no self-defense in it. And I just felt like it was really a weird tonal book at the end of the show. I get it.
2: I guess I get it. I understand your side and I understand the writer's room, I guess. For whatever reason, apparently, and Lightfoot said this in our interview again, he, um, that scene meant, or or towards the end, the Punisher, Frank Castle wasn't the Punisher until season two, I guess. And when he became the Punisher in season two, still kind of lost on me. But apparently, it's before that last scene. um, Because again, you know, I was told that the season was still about Frank finding out what it meant to be the Punisher. Um, and I tried thinking about I, I couldn't choose one scene where I'm like wow he's the Punisher you know I mean I thought he was the Punisher in the pilot episode um, I,
0: all I can think of is the scene in the mobile home where he looks at Madonna and Curtis and says just let me be who I want to, like who I am
2: yeah true
0: I guess that's it but
1: yeah but I feel like yeah I mean I'm with you guys on this on the becoming the Punisher he's become the Punisher 15 times um And they didn't do anything to assure us that he would stay the Punisher this time either. I feel like some of the best Punisher that we saw was in Michigan at the very beginning of the season. You know, I mean, that hotel room shootout... I mean, that episode 3 shootout in the woods where he went through and he was just popping off people in the woods coming up behind him. That was Punisher punishing at top form. He didn't have moral quandaries on doing that. He had his... He, he had his... Reasons, and... You know, we had Fabulous Punisher in Episode 3 of this season. In Episode 1 of Season 1.
0: And I guess to me, the thing that makes those click is those are all in defense of someone. Like, there was somebody's life he was defending.
1: Or avenging. You know. Well, and I mean, yeah. we
2: don't know... I mean, we just don't know the story about the group at the end.
0: Right. Either. Exactly. You but know, the fact it's contextless I think makes it feel different, is what I'm right. saying.
2: Well, yeah, it's jarring. It's certainly
0: jarring and that's what the, the... <laughs> Particularly what it ends with in loving memory of Stan Lee. You know, like okay, yeah, I Nothing get makes you. me think, Oh, Stan Lee quite like murdering a bunch of twenty year old youths. <laughs> right. But as you'll hear now I mean what, it was
2: done well before Stan passed. So I mean I, I I get where you guys are coming from on that and where Twitter's coming from on that, but I'm not sure. I mean, I can't remember the last time I sat through credits on Netflix.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. I think part of what stuck out to me, though, is there was the uh, in-memoriam thing for, uh, is it Reginald Cathy at the end of Luke Cage Season 2? Yeah. And they made that fit very well and very beautifully, you know?
2: Yeah, Luke Cage didn't really blow out away a whole warehouse full of people either.
0: Um, I do want to talk about a couple more characters, uh, before we run out of time. Uh, that therapist was the worst character in the history of character. Yeah, like, I, I she like, she was, was so... Do so you understand her at all? Like, did you understand why she did anything she did?
1: I mean, eventually they gave her... Eventually I understand what she did a little bit more than Pilgrim. I mean, the, the people behind Pilgrim, the people hiring Pilgrim. Um... But she was obnoxious. She felt to me like just a we need another woman in this show to, you know, throw a human angle on our killers. All the men we have out there killing, we need another you know, human angle.
2: I was uh I was hoping we got the weird, bizarre sex scenes out of the way in one twelve or one eleven, wherever those weird dying wet dream fantasy things were yeah which were bizarre but then this year we get uh like a pseudo bdsm type pain sex scene and i'm like what the hell's going on
0: well and this is a pet peeve of mine but when they interlace um violence and sexuality like they did it very explicitly at the beginning of one of the episodes they've got billy and her in bed and And they cut it back and forth with him and the gang, like, robbing places. I think that's really bad for society. Like, the psychological effect of, like, combining sexuality with violence is really not good for human brains. And so, anyway. This is my soapbox, but, like, I really hate it when they do that on the show. And they've kind of done it a couple times. Like, it'd be one thing if it was done once. It was kind of more an artsy-fartsy thing in season one. But here it was just, like, I don't know. Well, they're physically hurting each
2: other while while doing it. You know, it's just bizarre, and it's like
0: uh,
1: it probably says a lot about life, but sexual thoughts, and I don't know. <laughs>
2: um, Everyone has their kids. I mean, that
1: season one, that season one scene, it was very, very icky. I don't think anybody felt comfortable in that, but it felt like it was very intentionally uncomfortable. That it was drawing this juxtaposition of this character and what she thinks he is and what he really was. But, yeah, I think that's the thing. Well, and I mean, it's consistent for Billy.
0: I'm a little tired. I don't know. (laughs) This might be our most mature show ever. I'm a little tired of Magic Jigsaw Penis, too. The idea that, like, women's brains just fall out of their heads the minute that they get around Billy Russo. Like, they did it to Madani and then they did it to the therapist. You know, Billy Russo shows up in the room, and all of a sudden these very smart, intelligent women that have professions just are like, Oh, Billy! And they just do really stupid things that ruin their lives. I find that very frustrating. Absolutely.
2: I'm not sure. I mean, if... Can that be a spinoff podcast, or can we start a band or something?
1: (laughs) Just call it Magical Jigsaw Penis? (laughs) I mean, have you guys seen Ben Barnes, though? I mean, I might...
0: No, I... I might throw my career down (laughs) the tubes and go to prison for him. Look at him. The other thing I want to talk about for a minute was the girl to me the best part of the show was the relationship between Amy and, and, and Frank like it really worked for me and some of those episodes that you guys said were bad for me I thought were redeemed because I just loved seeing them together my favorite part of the whole show maybe was when they left that studio and she convinced him not to kill the guy who ran the, the, the video studio and then as they left she goes but you can burn the place to the ground if you want to yeah. And then they just, they, like, leave and the flames are coming up. Like, the way that she was, like, a moral compass for him and the way that she kind of redeemed some of the father that he lost when his kids died. Like, I don't know. I thought that was all very good.
1: I liked her a lot. I loved their relationship. I loved her snarkiness. She was wonderful.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, I was hesitant at first, um, you know, especially when they were in, it was Michigan, right? Or was it Ohio or?
0: It was supposed to be Michigan. I think it was probably upstate New York, but yeah.
2: Um, You know, I was hesitant there, but I'm really glad of where it went. I mean, I felt during that bus station scene, that bus depot scene. I mean, she did great. Uh, Georgia Wiggum did great. Bernthal was amazing there. Um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, I'm still stuck on Magical Jigsaw Penis. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she she was she was really good, um, you know. Right when when she started, uh, right before that that hotel sequence, uh, is really when I knew I was sold on on the character.
0: Yeah, I don't love Frank taking her to murder the big bad people. Like again that felt just like an inconsistency to me that he's trying to protect her from all this stuff and then he's like, "Hey, here's a gun. Let's go in there and I want you I want you to hold this gun up to the bad guys' heads and let's go kill them together." Like I didn't I don't know. That felt a lot of character, but other than that, I liked her a lot.
2: The the one fight I was mentioned last week was that hotel fight. How I've never seen anything shot like that before in my life and it seemed almost perfect. You know, about how the the, the two hotel rooms and just blindly firing through the walls. I, I don't know what it was about it. And then they flipped rooms halfway through, and it was just, uh, I really enjoyed that part. And then the other part, one of the favorite lines, I can't even remember what he said, but it was in the final fight where they're just both beat And Frank's like, takes a deep breath, and says, you ready? Or whatever. You know, I just really enjoyed that aspect of it. And what's still, I mean, that does point that he was still kind of fighting whether or not to be the Punisher, I guess. Because I would guess the Punisher just would have used his gun to blow Pilgrim away, Whereas it was Frank Castle that was fighting John Pilgrim in the junkyard.
0: It was a little bit of a Martha moment. Like, oh, you have kids? Was, I have kids. Right, yeah. No one I've ever killed has ever had kids before, you know?
2: Right. But that was, I mean, that does run with uh, the whole stuff of the season, too, with the uh, russian guy yeah right and then those the two the senator the senator's parents i was kind of what's were they also like politicians or were they like a super pack or were they just no but I, I guess they're I,
0: just the, the the rich folks that run this country that you know had set
1: their son but they were the parents
2: okay but they're the parents of the senator right yeah they got at least that right
1: yeah yeah and there was something about the senator there was something about the senator and Amy, and that's why Amy had to die.
2: Right. Well, she she was hired to get pictures of the senator, right? The senator the Russian kissed or met or something, right?
0: Yeah. So the senator is gay, but they've right. always hid that because they thought it would be bad for his political agenda. Because he's um, Republican. <laughs> assume. Presumably. Right, right. I mean, and so they, they got pictures to blackmail him of him with a man. And then they, they they killed the girls so that they um uh they, they tried to kill the girls for doing it and they tried to get a hold of the photos. The whole reason they wanted Amy and, and Frank was because they knew about it and they could blow the whole thing wide open. And really it was a commentary on the fact that these wealthy you know, these wealthy fundamentalist type religious people that were politically engaged were so homophobic. That they caused all of this mess over the fact they're embarrassed that their son is gay.
2: Right. Where'd the Russian come into that? I'm lost.
0: The Russian's the guy who kissed him. So Uh, the Russians knew... that's what I thought. Yeah, the Russians knew... Of course it's the Russians. The Russians knew that the senator was positioned to not only be a senator, but maybe run for president. And so their hope was that they could get dirt on him so that they would then be the hand behind the White House. Not that that would be anything that would be remotely like something that would happen. Wait,
2: in life. the Punisher season two is a documentary. Oh my god, I <laughs> got it. Yeah, it's all coming together.
1: I mean, I'm all for a good juicy Russians controlling the White House plot, and I, yeah, they could not even keep my attention with all of that.
0: Uh, the last thing I wanted to mention, I love the way that Russo dies.
1: Yep, perfect.
0: Because I felt like all season long, way too many people were like. Buying into his bullcrap. And so when he's like, Frank, I just want you to know. And then Frank's just like, boom, boom, yeah. gone. You know, like I'm not listening to another word of this crap. I That I thought was perfect. Even though I didn't love, it was kind of weird. It felt like they wanted Madani to kill him and Frank to kill him. And so they kind of like split the difference. But I liked that Frank just ended it. And he, you know, there was just something like very satisfying about how brief and quick that, like, Frank was so over it, he didn't even care. You know, like, the guy he couldn't kill at the end of season one, at this point he doesn't, you know, whatever. That, Let's get it That's
1: because that. he's really become he... the Punisher now. Yeah.
0: That's oh. exactly what I was going to say.
1: In that moment, he that's... became the Punisher.
0: That's the moment when he really became the Punisher. Even though he wasn't wearing the vest, he should have brought the vest with uh, anyway. Do you guys want to see a third, er, a third season of the show now?
2: I think so, because that will probably be the only Marvel show we would get.
1: If they make one, I will happily watch it.
2: It's the tricky thing. I mean, The Punisher's not. I mean, he he's he he was introduced in the Bronze Age. He was he doesn't have the mythos. Man, they already did Jigsaw. My girl was off under cooking turkeys with his wife. Or not. Um. Or not, according to Lightfoot. Well, Lightfoot flat out said he's probably drunk in a pool of whiskey somewhere, waiting for Frank to come rescue him. Um, so that's how depressing that I could still do
1: the odd couple, Frank and micro. Like I enjoyed that sitcom.
0: I would like to see them go with the Madani CIA stuff and take the show overseas. Like, I love the idea that they'd bring in micro and Punisher and they'd almost do like a suicide squad kind of deal. Like you're bad people. You're not officially working for us, but there's a, a Rosh, you know, a Russian tech mogul, who is infiltrating the US government and it's your guys to job to stop him and we're not going to ask questions on how you do it. And it's like Frank on the run in Russia with Micro helping him, I'd be totally into that.
2: I mean it almost looked like they were in a desert, right? Wasn't Madani and like on sand or something?
0: Maybe, yeah.
2: I don't recall. Maybe they could be going after um, a certain Raul Bushman.
0: Ooh. And then Moon Knight pops out of it, right?
2: Yeah. No, he's getting a movie, man. No hopes for Moon Knight on Netflix, bummer. All
0: right. I think now's a good time. Let's jump into our interview uh, with Royce Johnson. It's really fun, and uh, we're going to play that audio for you right now. We are sitting down tonight in celebration of Punisher Season 2. We are with
2: Royce Johnson. Sergeant Detective Brett Mahoney himself.
3: Yes, what's going on, guys?
1: Hey. <laughs> oh, so exciting.
3: I, I'm excited as well. It's been a great weekend, you know, as far as reviews. And uh, it's well received. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The future of it, of course, I don't know. But yes, I am <laughs> glad that we had such a great uh, hype about this season. Right, You don't even and, have
1: to go to that question. You're just, like, prepared right, for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's coming
0: anyways. Now, remind me, is this your first... I know you've been in Daredevil. Right. Were you in any of the other Marvel Netflix things? Or was it just Daredevil? I can't remember.
3: Uh, Jessica Jones. I had a cameo in Jessica Jones. Okay. And then, uh, Killgrave oh. came in and took control yeah. of our minds. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 And... Uh, and told me to come and get Jessica Jones out of, uh, of out of a holding cell. So okay, uh, that was the the cameo. But I was the first to cross over in the the universe, not Rosario. I was. So oh, okay. <laughs>
1: well, I was thinking about it because you have such a strong role in Punisher this season, and you were in Punisher season one.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. But season season one was just you know uh, Steve Lightfoot, who's the showrunner. Uh, you know, watched Daredevil, you know, said that he he loved the work that I did and he wanted to see more of me. So uh they wrote an episode, which was episode 10 in the first season. They're like, look, we like this guy. We could use this running back, I call it, if you want to <laughs> use sports analogy, on our team. So I was like, yeah, of course, you know? So I was shooting Daredevil and The Punisher season two at the exact same time.
1: Awesome.
3: Yeah, which was okay. interesting that- to do.
0: That Thank was
1: you're like the new Rosario because you're crossing over so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. you kinda of taking her place because she's not been on him in a while. Also.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, she did enough. I mean, she was on everything. I mean, Iron yeah. Fist, the uh, defenders. Yeah. So she had a lot of work to do. So uh and Deborah Rand did, you know, both Punisher and uh yeah. Daredevil season two. So it's 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 a lot when you're doing both simultaneously, yeah. you know? Yeah.
0: So I'm kind of interested. Um, when your character shows up, it's often uh there's a good comedic quality to Mahoney, <laughs> you know, like I, I laugh out loud most yeah. of his lines, <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. a, it's a pretty dire show. I mean, it's, there's lots of killing and death and like the dark seedy underside of the world. So I, I'm just interested as an actor, when you approach that role, how do you balance trying to fit into the overall tone of what you're doing, but still mm-hmm. bring that comedic piece? I mean, I'm sure there's an issue there that, you, that you've thought through as, as you've done this what- role.
3: Well, just like yeah, I mean, I think every actor brings some of themselves to every role they play, you know. Um I don't want to play him like a typical, you know, typical cop role. I wanna play him as a human being, a guy. He's just a guy doing his job, you know. Um uh law enforcement, you know, sometimes they get a bad rep. Um I go to bodegas all the time. We joke around, we we laugh. The way I approach this role as just, you know, a guy who took an oath. I got a job to do. Why not add a little humor to it? It's such a gritty show. Um, it's the best way I can communicate with the other actors, you know, have that bond. So that bond outside of shooting crosses over, you know, and uh, that's where the relationship comes in at with the comedic part, you know, just being funny off off camera to bring it on camera, but still talking about a serious matter.
1: I mean, it's kind of a, you have to laugh to keep from crying type situation. Yeah, exactly,
3: exactly. That's, you know, even, you know, going to Madonna's doorstep telling her about a girlfriend who shows up at a place that I showed her and then pretends that she doesn't see me. You know, that's pretty funny if you think about it. You know, like why would I be jealous about something like that? But it's a big deal. Like I went to her house, I, you know, got drunk and I stayed on her doorstep and and I passed out and I embarrassed myself. So. That's pretty funny, right? It's a funny yeah, it, yeah. A funny monologue, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't want Brett to be one-dimensional, you know? Just, I'm going to show up and do my police job and just deliver the it message.
2: It's super interesting. I just, uh, I talked to Steve a couple days ago, and he said the same exact thing about you, as you said about yourself, about how you uh, how you play Across the character. The yeah, about the character yeah. and not the cop. Yeah, and not well, the yeah, cop. Great- and in, in great minds think alike on that one, I guess.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, yeah, I think that, you know, um, I live in the Bronx, so I, I see a lot of law enforcement guys here, you know, and, you know, I see them joking around with each other. It's not all, you know, ready, hands up, looking for somebody to uh, arrest or something like that. They're real people. They're guys who are ready to go home and see their wives and families. And so that's how I approach the role. Uh, gotcha. I like that. I talk about my mother a lot in Daredevil. People probably think, hey, he lives with his mother or he checks up on his mother <laughs> and she needs to stop smoking cigars. <laughs>
1: right. right. Gotcha. would we met. We met your mother. I mean, we met Brett's mother. Yeah.
3: You finally met Brett's mother. Finally, <laughs> right? When will we meet Brett's wife? Because he's been wearing a wedding ring, a wedding band for like four seasons and no life. Is he in denial? Uh, has his wife left him <laughs> Ooh. that's
0: interesting because you do show how the character has gone from really a side character to a much yeah. more significant character i mean i'm sure that's kind of a natural progression was there kind of a point where you said to yourself like oh this is a different kind of gig than it used to be like was there a point in the process where you realize you're going to get to be a little bit more than just that guy foggy talks to you know
3: well, in the first season, you know, it was like pretty much like breadcrumbs. You know, uh, we didn't know. Yeah. You know, it was a, it was a test of the waters with Netflix and Marvel. Uh, so, you know, they would call me in. My agent would be like, "Hey, they want to see you for another episode, and then another episode." And the character eventually like grew. And then I was like, "Hey, wait, this is this is this could turn into something." I would always try to like leave with with what they've given me uh, a great punchline. To want them. to to have me to come back, you know, sort of like the the Bruce Willis, you know, yippee-ki-yay mother, you know, something that they can remember me by on my last line. I would always approach it like that. To have the audience say, hey, I like this guy. You know, he's not all bad with helping out, but becoming allies with Daredevil was the real challenge. Uh, just living in New York and, you know, seeing, you know, people dressed up in all kind of costumes and outfits and making this guy an ally was, I think was more of the challenge for me. Cause I don't know his, his, his identity. That's, that's the thing. And being in the law, being in law enforcement, you know, my eyes and antennas should be up to a guy dressed around fighting crime.
0: Now I'm trying to remember at the end of Daredevil season three, I felt like there was hints that maybe Mahoney was starting to figure out that Matt is Daredevil. You know, as the actor, do you think (laughs) Mahoney was starting, do you think he was a good enough detective? He was starting to piece it together or no?
3: Uh, right now, I would say still no, I, I don't think, I think, you know, there's constituents, comrades, colleagues, you know, uh, I was starting to see him as a a, a, a a comrade. If he wants to hide his identity, let him have it. We're both on the same team. I think that I've seen him enough times by being friends with Foggy Nelson so long. I think I've, you know, walked to the law offices. I've seen Matt Murdock over a thousand times. I, I I don't think I would have a hint in my mind that he's the guy doing all this stuff. But
0: yeah, he's and that's some about of it. the brilliance of the character I think is that because he is blind right like his 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 secret identity is like a step up from mm-hmm. even like a Batman or whatever because people go oh he's blind and they it, it's almost a critique of how we look at people with disabilities and kind of like right. write right. them off as not being capable of certain
3: things. Right exactly exactly that's exactly what I'm I'm trying to say. I see him as a clean cut, straight edge guy. He just happens to be blind. Him outside in the streets at night, you know, hunting down bad guys is probably far from me, but there is a, you know, a, com- a camaraderie that we build up over there over time with this right. episodes that just come together that just piece together pretty well especially with the promotion how could i be upset with a guy who got me promoted you know I, mean? right. Right. <laughs> I don't care who you are man you got me promoted man <laughs> i'm not trying to get in your business like that
2: so you you did mention you are i mean you were the first i mean you're the original crossover at least in the defenders version. i mean how's that how's that work logistically obviously you were filmed. Daredevil three and Punisher two concurrently. I mean, does does the call come from up top, like Jeff himself, that says, "Hey, we're gonna have you in Daredevil," or did you get a call from Steve saying, "I mean, how's that work between, especially if you're well, filming at the same time?" Well, I mean, well, did Eric yeah, and Steve well, first,
3: together. Or? Well, first they deal with my reps and let me know, you know, to try to make my schedule as uh, less, you know, chaotic as possible. You know, gotcha. uh, I there was ne- they warned me you know, forehand that I may have to shoot one in the morning and one at night and the storylines were very different. Of course, you guys know that. Right. So that never happened, which was fortunate and lucky for me that I never had to shoot, you know, two different shows on the same day. Um, It could be the next day, but not the same day, which would have thrown me out a little bit with the storylines as far as an actor. But uh, we made it work, we made it work, you know. Um, They were deep into Daredevil, at least by episode seven, when we were just starting The Punisher, episode one or two. So it was enough time to, you know, balance the two together.
1: So you got at least a little bit of sleep between each night. Yeah,
3: yeah, a little bit of sleep. I was like, how do I sleep? There is no, you sleep when you can. You sleep in your trailer, you sleep on breaks, (laughs) Um, wherever you can get it. It was like, welcome, welcome to, you know, the world of Marvel, you know? Uh, welcome to TV, you know? Uh,
1: yeah, I saw Jay Ali's behind-the-scenes post where our buddy was sleeping inside the church. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 and
3: that's real, that's real. You get a little nap yeah. in, yeah. you know, uh, the best way you can, you get a nap in. But it was fun, you still, I mean, it's a, it's a good problem to have as an actor, you know? I heard Mahershala Ali, you know, he was shooting Luke Cage and Moonlight at the exact same time. You know, he would get on a train, go to Philadelphia, shoot wherever moonlight see his family and then come back and shoot some of luke cage so that's that comes with the job yeah comes with the job it's a good problem to have trust me
0: you, you talked about living in new york and obviously these shows film primarily in new york they made new york mm-hmm. a character uh was that a fun experience for you to be kind of so close to work and being able to be in the city and you know work so close to home
3: Oh, it was odd. Oh, so convenient. So convenient. I, I listened to the guys from L.A. They had to get put up. But me, I can come home, rest in my own bed, you know, uh, come back in my study room where I started. You know, that's where I am right now. I'm not in my my apartment. I'm like in my study room. So uh, it was pretty cool to come back there and, and just feel like home. Uh, yeah. And instead of some hotel room or some apartment, you know, some Airbnb spot something, you know. So I'm glad that the shows are shot in New York City. If I had to go to L.A., of course I would go, but I'm just glad that I was at home shooting and working.
2: So, I mean, obviously, when when did season two wrap production? It was obviously before the dominoes started to fall, right?
3: Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, Season two, I believe, wrapped around May, June-ish, June time frame. and i think we were done with the punisher around august yeah of course that uh when the news came out you know kind of you know tore us all apart around christmas time i believe Mm -hmm. right Yeah. yeah we were already scheduled to shoot we had our parties you know uh you know eric was ready schedules were ready um super excited and then the news came and we didn't know who did what or who said what or you know did we have to wait right. a very hard place to be around the holiday season you know what i mean oh no absolutely yeah <laughs> I think it's every... like cheers the season you know i mean we're like this the season for it to get canceled <laughs> 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 i thought we did all right guys
1: come on yeah, no, you, you did, did. Right. You did. I mean, come out is that it had nothing to do with the the quality right of show. Right, right right but uh, we
3: didn't know that at the time you know uh you know, we just got some phone calls and some emails saying, you know, what great jobs we did, and um, you know, hopefully we will return. And every other person was like, "You guys, you'll be around. You'll get picked up." You know, it's sort of like a family member had passed away. You know, like you'll be all right. You're gonna get right. through this.
1: You know? <laughs> so, I mean, the guys can roll their eyes at me, but do you know about the Save Daredevil campaign and all this? stuff? Yes, going of over. course. Okay, I was ahead. a
3: part of that. Uh, I signed oh, a really? petition. You've that. Been in touch I did everything. With that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we posted, we, uh, I told friends walking down the street, Uber riders, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Uber drivers, you know, know, save daredevil. You know, he's been good to
2: us. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Family, man. We, we're family. We fought together for four years. You know, how can I not participate? man? It's like living in your building and you got to sign something, you know, for management, you, you know, you, you participate, you're a team player.
1: Royce and I are going to go carry signs around, around times square.
3: Yes, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Let's
2: yeah. do it. Hey, yeah. yeah. that yeah. that would be a good way to boost your follower count. Just save the double hashtag.
3: I never thought of that. See that? You're giving me ideas now. Oh, there
1: so, you are, go. so I live in New York, but there's there's some plans forming. We'll make sure you're in the loop. Please.
3: please. There's some
1: there's some taking it to the streets type stuff in New York happening. Please. please. So I have
0: maybe a boring question about the practicality of all that. I mean, we've heard that if this show is going to be picked back up, it'd have to be a couple of years because Netflix kind of had some contractual thing that said that Marvel wouldn't do another daredevil something for a couple of years Mm -hmm. as an actor. How does that work? I mean, I assume that you're hoping that you'll have like a great movie gig or another great TV gig two years from now. I mean, I always feel like on those petitions, I don't want to make Royce sit around for two years to get another job, (laughs) you know, like we want you to be working. And so when somebody talks about like the revival of a show later on, is that practically tricky though, to get everybody back into a show after it's been on hiatus that long?
3: Uh, I don't, you know, two years is a long time. One year. Okay. Two years, you know, we all probably will be working on something in two years and to revisit is like getting a band back together, you know, to get everybody back together would be awesome. Um, you know to hit this the big screen would be great too as well. You know, I embrace that. If we was just to even do a movie or of some sort, uh uh that would be great. But right now, you know, right now we know nothing. Um yeah. Apparently, you know, contracts were signed and it's 18 months. But you know, everything can be reversed, you know, uh it's this is higher than than us, you know?
1: And you could be making the next Moonlight in Philadelphia and taking the train back up to be Brett Mahoney. I mean,
3: exactly. I, I would. And I will definitely do that. Uh, I love the character. It was my breakout role. And um, of course, uh, even if I'm on a show, of course, negotiations have to be made with my reps. But, uh, you know, Marvel calls, you know, you go. I mean, the brand speaks for itself.
0: I'm interested uh, kind of back to more specifically on The Punisher. OK. Um one of my favorite uh, scenes was where you guys go off the uh, overpass
3: in the, uh, <laughs> the, ambulance. Ambulance. the ambulance. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, I mean, was that tricky to shoot or was that just good camera work? Like, I, I, I'm i interested how that, uh, how the, the practical effect there was for you guys trying to film that.
3: I think, I think it involved everybody. No one had to step out. We're talking stunt guys. We're talking CGI. We're talking uh, props um you know we did the green screen i had never done green screen ever you know and this was my first and uh you know just controlling the wheel you know the whole non-driving thing when you're actually supposed to be driving was an experience for me uh glad to see that the cuts came out great Uh <laughs> felt like i was moving the steering wheel steering wheel a bit too much but um uh, the 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 action of it when you saw it you know uh right. A guy could be moving the steering wheel that much. Uh, you know, bypassing almost hitting uh pedestrians and stuff and dodging other cars. Uh that you're right. That's probably one of my best scenes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and it was the first time we see Mahoney just like loses it, you know. Uh he's been pretty straight edge the whole time and now he's like, everybody else wants to be act crazy and tell lies or whatever. So let me let me step off the edge a little bit. And uh things happened. You know, we end up crashing almost uh you know, both dying. I have to but say that I, but it involved everybody, uh, just to answer your question. The stunt guys, the you know, uh just just the ADR somebody, not the ADR guy, maybe a PA screaming, hard right, you know, turn hard left. Yeah, you know, so it was a lot of involvement with everybody. And it took hours. It was hours, hours upon hours. And we couldn't shoot it here. We had to shoot it in Albany. There's a speed limit in New York City. We can only go so fast on the on the, on the highways, you know. It's the FDR and the uh, uh the West Side, so we had to go up north to shoot the scene itself, uh which was pretty cool. Uh, we we got there and everybody's like, "Oh, you guys, they're shooting them, they're shooting The Punisher here," you know. So we like made the news that night. You know, <laughs> we went to Starbucks. You know, they wanted pictures in <laughs> Starbucks. You know? so you guys are here, man. You got the most excitement in Albany in like weeks. <laughs> that's good news. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: I have to say that scene is like the one time in these shows that I was like so incredibly scared that your character had died. No, Uh, no. uh, No, he could have came out with some special
3: powers, man. That's how Marvel works, man. Freak incidents, man. Come on. A freak incident happens, and before you know it, Mahoney can fly or, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a character? Yeah. Like, I mean, if Mahoney was to come out of something with special powers, do you have a character in mind?
3: Right now, I mean, one of my uh, favorite Marvel characters is uh, Professor X, you know. Um, (laughs) we don't want Mahoney in a wheelchair, you know? (laughs) So, uh, but, uh, you know, anything can happen in the Marvel universe. That's what they said, you know, uh, die, come back, you know, you guys know about the hand and things Mm -hmm. of that nature, Uh, you know, so. But they are running out of dragon bones. Mahoney might have to hurry up. (laughs) 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 Um. They are, they are, they are. Oh,
2: What's uh so you went to the I mean the premiere of punisher was the last week and I, I don't want to be like the the pessimist or I I guess what was the I mean what was everyone feeling I guess what was honestly the was gone uh, Yeah, yeah. I, yes.
3: Yeah, the the energy was great, man. Uh it wasn't like a farewell thing, you know, we were mm-hmm. all excited about the work we did uh, with any project. Um or with any closure there's nothing guaranteed there but i think we all met in la we were all smiles no one said anything about uh a cancellation we were all positive uh all the way up from the showrunner to the producers and us you know having hope uh and having hope with each other and and celebrating how we all came together as a group and pulled off a great season
2: you had uh you had one franchise appear in marvel franchise well what do you think Mahoney would fit in well best, best with, you know, Iron Man or a Thor franchise
3: or <laughs> America or- I would say uh Captain America, Uh-oh. you know, this guy, you know, um, the reason why is because, you know, like policemen, they take oaths, you mm-hmm. know, to defend, you know, there's certain lines we don't cross, uh, Mr. You know, captain, it would be Captain America.
0: I'd love to see. I think Spider-Man is the place that works. Uh, ah,
3: oh, you want me to go I to just, Queens now? You want me to go to Queens? Leave me,
0: get kitchen. I'm just imagining over. a bad guy, like webbed up against a light pole and Mahoney shows up. And all they would need is you to show up and look at it and go, how do I always get these guys?
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, Maybe I like that. There. I like that. I think you've taught me in that one. So, I think yeah. that would be great too. Uh, Spider-Man would be awesome. Uh, super awesome. I mean, it's still in New York and Mahoney just happens to be bringing, dropping groceries off to his aunt somewhere who lives in one of the other boroughs. And
2: I mean, the the one scene in question I had, I guess, yeah. that I particularly enjoyed was it was almost perfect right after Russo died. Um, oh, and, uh, yeah. I am not if it's a church basement or what or where Diane yeah. Dian- kind of uh, takes the blame for Frank of sorts you know by that point do you think Mahoney has obviously as a police officer as a detective he can't you know condone Frank's actions but do you think there's a little part of him that kind of agrees with what Frank's doing or is he you still- know his
3: methods, his methods I don't think I would ever agree to that mm-hmm. but the guy did save my life you know um right uh at the end I think like I said Madani there's a scene when she thinks that she was you know she wakes up in shock and me talking her down I think that's a friendship that's developed uh a trust that we we've you know we've come to a certain level now that we can trust each other um Curtis is a good guy you know I've done my homework on him so I think we end on a great note uh where Frank ends up at What Mahoney does, I I couldn't answer that. His methods are just extreme. (laughs) It's just a bit extreme.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just a
3: bit extreme. Even when uh, he does save my life, I'm like, I still can't let you just go and do do things the way you do things. Will we be best buds? I I can't answer that. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs)
2: Right. Right. It's almost as if, you know how well Mahoney would do in that uh, sheriff's department in Michigan? That standoff, uh, yeah, he would have took care of that standoff for sure. Yeah,
3: would I would have t- went out there, man. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> Frank, Frank, you stay. I know the way you work, Frank. I I right. gotta take this, you know, take this on. But uh, no, no, I thought that was a great scene to be, it you was. know, that like he's he's drifting now, and uh, you know, there's other law enforcement's that are, uh, you know, uh, are not as as trained as uh, Mahoney is at this point. Because I thought, like in season two, you know, having a first case, being a first time detective you know, a little bit in over his head, uh as far as with the hand. But by the Punisher, season two, you know, he's pretty seasoned at this point.
0: Well, and I think there's also he's making the calculation of like, I, I don't like Russo being murdered, but I also know that this will probably end all this baloney that I'm having to deal with, right? Yeah. Like at yeah, some exactly. point it's like, let's just be finished with this.
3: Yeah, already. So. Right. Exactly. So I can get back to uh other, you know, work to be done. Cause uh, yeah. you know, chasing two guys simultaneously at the same time is, is pretty, pretty hard for one detective, you know?
2: So yeah. as you wait for, you know, Daredevil 4, Punisher 3, Jessica Jones 3, are you in Jessica Jones 2, can you say?
3: You know, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I can't say that. <laughs> you know, okay, just like with, when the Punisher, Punisher 2 was uh, coming out. I was like, are you in Punisher 2 as well? I was like, hey, you know, I can't say anything right yeah.
2: fair enough yeah, fair enough so while you wait for uh for more ma- marvel shows to be greenland i mean what else is on the uh i know you mentioned a horror movie or, or something right what's, yeah there's a uh, ghost in about?
3: the graveyard uh jake Busey, uh kelly Berglund, uh olivia larson these guys uh it's a, a thriller horror you know teen flick you know uh, that that's that should be coming out soon uh the director's uh, uh charlie caporetto pretty cool guy um so that's it. And, and it's pilot season. Like I said, we're shopping around new shows. We're auditioning, taking meetings. And, uh, you know, hopefully we land something. It came yeah. out
1: today, Charlie, there was some sort of article that Charlie Cox was saying. Like, he he wants to do another show, but he wants it to be like his show. Like, you know, another one. That okay. He, so maybe he'll do another one in New York and you guys can work together in another capacity.
3: That's what we were thinking. You know, uh, there's, uh, I think, Jean was announced to be in one I think the Sopranos or something on HBO, a prequel. Yeah.
1: yeah. Ooh,
3: okay. You know, yeah, if they shoot nearby, you know, who knows, you know, yeah. um, you know, there's there's always roles out there. Um mm-hmm. we've all, you know, formed a camaraderie and uh we you know we can call each other and say, hey, you know, there's a role out there I think you'd be perfect for. That's the deal, you know, with uh Charlie and John and and Deborah Ann, you know, we all, you know, we all friends now. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, outside, yeah. off the clock.
0: Yeah, we're hoping that everything works out well. Maybe you get thank one of you. those pilots thank or something, man. We, I I very much, like I said, I was excited when I found out we're talking to you tonight because Mahoney has <laughs> been one of my favorite uh, uh, parts of the whole you. Netflix <laughs> universe.
3: It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I didn't want to play him as some kind of jerk or funny guy. You know, <laughs> I want to play him as a likable guy, uh, you know, an average yeah. New Yorker. yeah
0: absolutely and there's such a balance there too like he's 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 a nice guy but he also you can't jerk him around you know like he's not gonna be taken for a ride so
3: no this guy's a very smart guy man i mean even if you detect the monologue i'm talking about my girlfriend i leave madani with i see you've moved on too bold (laughs) you see (laughs) always on the clock always on the clock even when he's not on the clock he's on the clock
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, thanks so much again. for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, Yeah, I mean, hopefully I,
3: hope yeah, I can get some more followers, man. I am Royce Johnson. Instagram. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Right. On Instagram, <laughs> go there.
1: Instagram yeah. and you're on the Facebook. Uh, you're not doing Twitter.
3: Not, not yet. Not yet. We gotta do all some right. Twitter, but
1: not yet. Well, if you if you do it, let us know. We'll spread the word there. Um, we
3: we don't blame you. We
0: kind of hate Twitter. Right. We do it because we have to. But <laughs> it's kind of a nasty place. So.
1: I
3: know, man. You say one word on Twitter, man, it gets and it's gone. Exactly. I, I literally mean one word. Yeah. 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 Got it. Uh, all right. Thanks so much for your time, Royce. You have a good all night. Right. Happy New Year's, guys, Happy and uh, Year. and uh, hope to be hearing from you soon. Nice. All right, yeah, sounds, that's good. sounds good. Thanks again. All right, take care. All right, bye.
1: bye. Dude, that was so much fun. Can we just hang out with Royce every week?
2: I know. We should he should be a guest host or permanent host, just our fourth
1: host. Yeah, was man.
0: yeah it was good. In fact, that's the first time we've done an interview. It reminds me a little bit uh Ryan Sands, who plays Alex Wilder's dad on Runaways. He'll drop by Collider Heroes sometime, and he just goes for the whole podcast because he's really into Marvel. So he talks about the news. He talks about all the kinds of stuff. And um, that's the first time we've had an interview that felt kind of collegial like that. So
2: He's uh, he's a cover artist now. He does covers for comics every once in a while. Do you know that?
0: Oh, Ryan Sands? Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, it's time to do uh, the um, mailbag uh love waffle on the website uh mentioned uh and i had not seen this until uh after we'd done the pod we talked about like the elementals or the uh the the like the fire monster and the water monster and all that stuff in the spider-man trailer if you guys have not seen uh the license plates on all those scenes are comic book references
2: Oh, like the, uh, yeah, the first ASM-3, whatever, the first appearance of so-and-so. Is right. Is that what he's talking about?
0: Yeah, so there's a car in the, like, Sandman scene that references the first appearance of Sandman. There's a, refer- a license plate in London that references the first appearance of Molten Man. And there's a number on a boat in Venice that's the first appearance of Hydro Man. So, it does seem like they're purposely trying to connect those things to those characters.
2: Um, let the record reflect. I finally know uh, where Love Waffles' avatar came from because I finally watched that show.
0: What, what show is that?
2: That's Atlanta, isn't it? I forgot the kid's name on Atlanta. It's in the... Uh,
0: oh. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm... You think it's the Not Tommy I'm Perkins? Sure. Is that right? Is it's that the Tommy one you're talking Pe- about or No.
2: Not not the throwback episode, it's when, uh, I already forgot her name, Zazie Beats is teaching.
0: Oh, okay. Have you seen the one with the Michael Jackson type character? That was so effing. I was
2: so creeped out the whole I time. I know. Like, what the, what is it, what are they trying to... That's so, the
0: best episode of TV ever. It's so good.
2: It's so bizarre. I didn't know Atlanta... It's, I'm not too far from saying it's like an anthology, right? Kind of, sort of.
0: Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. It's a show that holds together Atlanta talk. It's a show that holds together thematically. Yeah, so the right. episodes don't plot-wise work, but right. then like like FUBU, which is a very famous, yeah. uh, one of their best episodes, thematically, that explains, like it's so rich into the relationship between Urn and Paperboy. And like it really ties together the, the conflict that they're having with each other throughout that season. But it's totally like it's kids, and it's totally out of chronology. But thematically, it informs everything, Young and that's what I love about it. One of my favorite actors ever. That kid yeah. killed it. Uh, love Waffle also felt like uh, I have too high expectations for the Disney Plus series. If they were characters that would move on the, the main story of the MCU, they'd be getting a movie. Fair enough. Um, and also he does not like the idea of a young Loki movie because Tom Hiddleston is the reason why people like the character. And if you don't use Tom Hiddleston, people probably won't like the character. So that makes sense. Uh, that's all I've got in Mailbag. Was there any like twitter stuff that you guys can remember? No, I started getting exhausted by Twitter again. It seemed like I
2: was doing a good job of controlling what I was seeing. And then all of a sudden this past week, it's just been mayhem and chaos again.
0: All right, um, just some housekeeping stuff. Uh, the Supercut for Iron Man should be available to everybody by this point as the podcast comes out. So definitely go and check that out. Uh, if you want to see stuff early, uh, definitely follow us. Uh, become Patreons. That's uh, patreon.com slash marvelnewsdesk. You guys know that we have the Twitter at Marvel Desk. We've got our marvelnewsdesk.com page. Um and uh, like us on Facebook facebook.com slash Marvel it's watch.marvelnewsdesk.com for the YouTube channel uh, you can help the show be more visible if you get a 5 star review on iTunes uh, number one thing you can do every week is listen and tell your friends, we thank you for that thanks to Kim, Tim Cox for our logo he's at Instagram, at Tim V Cox and Alvin is on a variety of social media platforms, he gave us our music he's at the Skull school School alright, I think that does it for this week uh, thanks for listening guys and we'll be back next week